please. It is a new category of life for me, a new state for me to live in. And, uh, but for the last 11 years, I've been a youth pastor. You guys are still like my favorite category of human to preach to. It's the youth for sure. I enjoy it. I, I need to know this, though, about Kansas. Who am I supposed to not like? When I moved to Texas, like, it was clear. You hate Oklahoma. Doesn't matter. Anybody from Oklahoma, any reference, Red River is the line that you don't cross. And, like, it, it, is, it, is, uh, it is a conviction. It's like in the Constitution and bylaws of the churches in Texas. Like, you don't, you don't like Oklahoma. Who don't I like in Kansas? Who am I supposed to like? I don't know. I still don't know why I don't like Oklahoma. I have no idea. I, I don't, you're, not, you're not supposed to like Texas? What? Is that true or is he just being mean-spirited? What? What's that, Missouri? Missouri. Missouri. Come on, but don't we have people here from Missouri? I don't know. I can't talk. Okay. That's a lot. Well, there's a lot of people from Missouri. <laughs> okay, I'll think about not liking you, but I won't tell you until after you leave. Uh, any, anybody else? I'm supposed to diss Jayhawks? That's what this guy says. No. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Well, okay, next question maybe afterwards. Tell me why I'm not supposed to like these people. I need to learn this. You know, so I can have it like as a conviction in my core. I can like genuinely dislike them, be angry when I see them, and I can know these things. Good. You, who don't you like? What, what is the group? This row right here. Pastor with a yellow tie and all the way down. You guys seem to like somebody you're thinking of. I, I can't figure it out who, though. The girls in your group are, are maybe just very agreeable. They shake their head with everything. Yes, yes. We don't like them. Okay, good to know. Who are them? I don't know, but we don't like them. Jeremiah 9, is that where you're at? Yes? Okay, good deal. Verse 3. Jeremiah 9, 3. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies. But they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. There's a really, really cool phrase in this passage. Which one stands out to you? I mean, it's a bad thing because he says they're not, but it's a fun line to say. Okay, read your Bible. Look at it for a second. Like, there's only verses only like this long. You can't be that far off. Just throw one out there and let me hear what you have to say. What's that? One, one. Uh, good try, but no. Excellent try. Thank you for, for trying. And hang on, hold on. Time out for one second. I, I'm, most questions are not going to be rhetorical. I, I expect a response, okay? Contrary to popular belief, listening is not a passive activity. When you're listening, you're active. No, I mean it. I read a book by some hostage negotiator for the FBI. I, I read a book. <laughs> No, and he said for every one person talking, we have four people listening because it is one of the most active things you can do. So yeah, I'm talking, I'm putting energy into this, but give me the same amount of energy back, okay? This isn't a performance, I, I'm not going to be that entertaining, okay? And this isn't a speech, this is you and I having a service together around the Word of God. Got it? Okay, so good try, thank you, Chloe. Anybody else? Give me a phrase. Not valiant. One who said that? Keep going. Valiant. For the truth. That's a neat phrase. Valiance for the truth. The word valiance. 
I mean, I don't know what it means, but it sounds really neat. <laughs> valiant for the truth. Uh, the idea of being valiant, being heroic, being noble, being fearless, being gallant for the truth. And my goodness, in this culture, in this climate, do we not need Christians, especially young Christians, who are valiant for the truth? who have this idea that, that the truth is paramount, that to know the truth, to buy the truth and sell it not. Are you following me with this? The idea that you as a young person, as a Christian, should approach the rulers of the darkness of this world and say with conviction, we are not careful to answer thee in this manner. We will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image. The idea that young men stand face to face, toe to toe with the great giant enemies of the cross and boldly say, I am come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. The idea of being valiant for the truth. Young ladies who recognize that they were born for such a time as this. This is valiant for the truth. This is, this is what this passage is saying, being fearless, being bold, being courageous, being valiant. Okay? Valiant for the truth sounds really cool. It just, don't take my word for it. You say it. It sounds good to say. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> but listen, and we could, we could youth rally this up and like rally and get the idea of how important you are and how dire the need is and just like, I call it like a balloon effect, right? I just so happen to have a balloon in my pocket. How convenient. Look. And so I'm like, woohoo! We need to be valid for the truth. And everybody's like, yay! Right? Keep on. Look, and I gotta pump you up, man, because you're so important. You're so. And you're getting like, yes, yes, let's do this. Giants, toe to toe, face to face. Excellent. I'm feeling good about myself. And then, like, you go out of here. Let's be valid for the truth. how long it'll last. Like, woohoo! Nothing. Valiant for the truth is a desire. And I think you should have that desire inside of you. You should, you should have something, especially young men, something inside of you that just says, look, I, 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 I want to do something. I want to be something. I want to be a nothing. I don't know where your minds went. <laughs> But you need to, okay, it's, I loathe when teenagers make decisions like they're at a junior camp, okay? All right, come to the altar, make a decision. I want to be valiant for the truth. What does that even mean, right? I want to be a difference maker. I want to dare to be a Daniel. Like, great, you heard the title. You wrote it down and it affected you. That does you know, that's a, it's a good desire. I'm not knocking that. It's a great desire, but that's not a decision. It's, I mean, it'd be it's equally as ridiculous, like, okay, I'm going to come to the altar, and I'm going to decide to go pro. I'm just going to decide right now I'm going to be a professional dodgeball player. This kid, I can't stand you, and I look up to you like you're my hero that I just, I don't know what to think about you. This man's dodgeball skills are epic. Did anybody else see that? Yes? I'm embarrassed to say it, but, like, you're my hero in dodgeball. But come on, I need you for a second. Come on. So this guy makes a decision, okay? He's just gonna decide, I am going to be a professional dodgeball player, and that's my decision, and it's deep down, and I'm gonna go out and just, that's my decision. Does that mean that that dictates his destiny because he decided that? Yes or no? No. 
No, if he wants to like, be a pro in anything, to play at a professional level, what is he going to have to decide? Commitment, I heard that, good word. Give me something else. What's on oh, dedication? That's a good word. Hang out right there for a second. Keep going. Practice. I like that word, practice. You have to practice. Athlete, sports, wants to be an all-star. Dodgeball. What else? What's that? Perseverance. Good words. Yeah. Dedication. So these are good ideas, but I think practice might be one of the most... Pra You're going to have to practice at that, right? You're going to have to exercise. Okay, you can have a seat. That's the decision. Okay, I'm going to decide to actually practice something. I'm going to decide to exercise, to, to build towards this desire, this goal. I want you to have a desire and a goal to be valiant for the truth. But the idea is something actionable, something that you can exercise. If that intrigues you at all, then you're going to want to see in chapter 9, verse 23. Look at that for a second. Jeremiah 9, 23. Good. If you don't have a Bible, would you mind looking at somebody else's? I want you to see it from God's Word. This is going to build on, on the Scriptures. Glance at it. Thank you, guys. 23. Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Now, this is a good important phrase. Hold up, because go back to verse 3, all right? Can you bounce? On mine, they're right across the page. That's super easy. You might be, need a flip. Go back to verse uh, 3. What was the idea? They were not valiant for the truth upon the earth, for they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, saith the Lord. I see it kind of like a reflection. God says, look, uh, they were not valiant for the truth. They didn't know me, and it reflected in the fact that they weren't valiant for the truth. So, like, the antithesis, the opposite of that, you want to be valiant for the truth. We want, to, we want to achieve it, this goal. So we have to reflect knowing God and understanding God. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes sense to me. Uh, I do really appreciate the adults responding. Teenagers, did that make sense or do I want to, you want me to do it once more? Amen. No, and I, I, it's not, a, it's really... Once again, appreciate the enthusiasm. This is not a, I need some amens to keep going. I just need at least some acknowledgement, some nod. So it's a reflection. I, I, this is kind of how I see it, okay? He says, look, you don't know me in that verse 3, and it reflected in the fact that you are not valiant for the truth. But now I'm seeing this idea, let him that glorieth, glorieth in this. He understandeth and knoweth me. Nice. What is that going to reflect? And I am the Lord which exercise, hold up, exercise, like exercise, like sports, like I want to go pro, I want to be an all-star. We want to use all the cliches we want, okay? I want to be valiant for the truth. You're going to have to practice or exercise some things to achieve this. Making sense to you? Okay. The first, take a wild guess at this, what is the first thing that you need to exercise? Whoa, who said that? Thanks for reading ahead. Nailed it. Loving kindness. Where do you get that? How do you... It's, okay, just in case. <laughs> I'm a very slow reader, so I would have been like, why did he come up with the right answer? <laughs> I was still on verse 23. Um, Let him that glorieth, glorieth in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness. The first thing to exercise in this endeavor towards being valiant for the truth is loving kindness. 
I, I, I get, when I hear valiant, I do think of, of a warrior. I think of a knight. I think of, of a battle. But God says, let's lead with loving kindness. When is the last time you said or did something just, just kind? Just a kind word, a kind gesture, a nice thought. You want to be valiant for the truth? Loving kindness, my friends. <laughs> Just practical friendliness. Friendly people speak first. You engage somebody else. Your pastor is walking down the hallway at church, okay? You're walking out, and he's walking towards you. You're walking. I wonder if he's going to say anything. I wonder if he's going to say anything. He's going to say. And the pastor finally says, "Hello, hello, 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 pastor." Loving kindness. You speak first. You, you. Okay, it's a life-changing light bulb moment. You talk. You engage. Don't put it on that person. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. It's a level of respect. It's a level of loving kindness. It's something, oh, I don't feel comfortable. It's not about just what you feel. It's about you being valiant for the truth, rallying behind something much bigger than yourself. Practically, just be a nice person. Like a smile. I mean, some of you have like weird, creepy smiles, but just try it anyways. Just, just go for it. Okay, so we can immediately make this like, all right, cool. I get it. It's great for like evangelism. It's good for engaging with the world to be valiant for the truth in this world and make a difference among the lost people. Yeah, you're right. That's a great application. But I think a more immediate application would just be start at your house. How about between you and your siblings? My goodness, what a burden it is on parents when siblings are just at odds with each other. You know how much God dislikes that when his children are at odds with each other? You know the stress it brings on a home? You want to be valiant for the truth. You want to do something that's spectacular. Be nice to your siblings. Give them a break. A a kind, encouraging word from a brother or a sister. You have have no idea what that can do in the spirit of a sibling. I'm telling you, the difference you can make in the spirit of, like, eternal impact to this person that is your relative. Loving kindness. Friendly people, they do what? They speak first. Mom picks you up from school. How about asking her how her her day was before she asks you how your day was? Try it. Just try it out. I know this is like stupid practical, but God says exercise loving, exercise like repetitions, like practice this all the time. What I'm saying is this, loving kindness is not just something that you do, it's, it's who you are. It defines you. And this is, this is, what did the Bible say about our Lord? That how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. What, what validated that God was with him? He went around doing good and healing and feeding people. Like, what, what spiritual effect did it have on feeding the 5,000? It was primarily a fleshly appeasing, but it was just something that God said, I'm going to do this. this. This is something good that I can do for them. And he did it. Find something good. Find an excuse to be, 
Teenagers in this world are categorized, defined by being mean-spirited, ugly individuals. That's why it's so fantastic if you can be kind. Because it's such a contrast to what you're expected to be. What you're broadcasted to be. What the, the, the example that has been held up of a teenager is someone who is hateful to their parents, who is critical of others, who is just mean and vicious. So do you know the impact you can have on this world if you're just one of those teens that's kind, that smiles at people? Loving kindness. It's, it's a step towards being valiant for the truth. What? I mean it. I mean it. I, guys, look at me. Look at me. Just try it. Try getting over yourself for a minute. You're shy. No, I mean it. And, and you're a little bit awkward, and you just kind of want to disappear. You, you're not going to make any difference to anybody like that. There's a lot of people that could just use you and the kind words that you can offer and the gestures that you can give. Kind God, Loving kindness at home, with your siblings, thankfulness, rehearsing the good. If life, though, that's lived out in loving kindness and it stops there, you're not still exercising, you're not still working towards being valiant for the truth. Because God didn't stop with just one exercise. He said, we're going to lead with, lead with loving kindness, okay? And this is who we are. But the next thing, hang on, I'm going to you. He's leading ahead, he's looking for it, and he did Besides, verse 24, judgment. When someone else was there, who said judgment? Good, judgment, judgment, okay? We're exercising loving kindness. Everybody good so far? Okay, teenagers, that was mostly adult. I heard, all right. I, I, <laughs> do you understand loving kindness? It's, okay. And it is, it's fantastic. It really is. <laughs> Try it. I dare you. Double dog dare you. Because we're four years old, right? That's going to work. <laughs> Try just being kind. Give it a shot. Try being friendly. Speaking first. I'm going to hold up just for one second. Not just speaking, but listening. When your mom tells you how her day was, go ahead and listen to what she's saying. Right. Don't let your mind drift. Don't do that. When your, dad, your dad comes home from work. Ask him about his day. I don't know how many teenagers, what did your dad do for a living? I don't know. How could, what? Don't you talk? No, you don't. You don't listen. What do you mean? Your dad who is working all day to provide for you, figure out what he's doing all day. Right. Find that out. Talk to him. Listen to what he does. Well, he's a blah, 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 blah. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Well, have a conversation with your dad. Listen to him. Amen. Ask him intelligent questions. <laughs> Give it a shot. You can do that, though, if you're a good listener. Loving kindness. This is uh, leading with kindness. This is defining who you are. Next, we go to judgment, the idea of judgment. This is how, how you think, okay? This is how you think. Developing good critical thinking skills. Critical, being able to assess a situation and say, I'm going to judge this situation is excellent for a Christian. It's very good. Judge righteous judgment. Okay? I think it's in the Bible. It's the, it is. You look at a situation, and it's okay for you to have some discretion to read it and say, oh, this is good, or this is not good. 
And so if all you have is loving kindness, look, loving kindness isn't just coddling everybody. And so it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to, oh, no, that wasn't loving kindness. You should have said, I'm going to judge this. This is going to hurt. Don't do this. Right? You can judge a situation. This is wrong. I wouldn't do it if I were you. It's okay to be able to speak up about these things because you're, you're judging things. You're casting judgment. You're assessing situations. Making sense, yes or no? Good, okay. Do you need me to do like jumping jacks or anything? We're, we're staying together? Okay, stand up for one second. I don't believe you. Stand up for one second. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, you can sit back down. Some of you didn't even make it up. The lady holding Jason, Liz, Lizzie, Liz, she, she's the MVP of this youth rally. How old is Jason? A month old. You got a youth rally? That's incredible. That's nuts. Congratulations. Thank you for what you're doing but uh judgment all right we're there we're back together now you judge right from wrong you act or speak accordingly let me encourage you to do this begin by judging your own behavior okay uh when is the last time you stopped yourself from doing something you started it and said hmm no i'm assessing i'm going to cast some judgment this is wrong and you, you pulled back when is the last time you started watching a movie and you're like, no, I don't, this isn't right. And, and you stopped, you, st you didn't finish it. You didn't try to mute or try to shield. You just stopped, you just stopped it. The last time you started listening or maybe you started speaking, you started running your mouth and all of a sudden you're like, I'm, I'm pulling way back on this conversation right now. Judge yourself. You want to be valiant for the truth. You say, these things are not right. I'm not going to do them. I am, and look, it doesn't start with you pointing out everybody else's flaws. You look at yourself and say, no, this is, this is not good. I'm, I'm convinced that if we lifted restraints on this world, if there was no laws, people would just be horrific. The only restraint they have is that there's a law against it. Well, it's not illegal. What does that have to do with anything? As a Christian, well, it's PG-13 and I'm 14. Shut up! Come on! What are you thinking? Great, you just qualified your Christianity on the world's standards. Back up and say, I'm gonna judge myself according to truth. I wanna be valiant for the truth. And you get behind this and you say, no, this isn't me. I'm not doing this. I am stopping, I'm not running my mouth. I'm not watching that, I'm not listening to that. You decide this for yourself. You wanna be valiant for the truth. You exercise judgment. Repetitions, practice this all the time. It doesn't always go well for you when you do it, okay? Just heads up. Don't, don't balloon this one, okay? Woohoo, I'm going to be judgmental. <laughs> there's a girl in our youth group, and um, there's this kind of this culture, this, this current that started, and it was not good. It was very critical, it was, it was devilish. And so there was maybe four or five teenagers that were at the core of it. And so I went to my pastor and said, preacher, here's how I see the situation. He said, okay, I, I'm, I'm seeing the same thing. You've assessed it right. I said, preacher, I think it's time for us to wage war on this foolish behavior. Now, I, I cleared it with him because inevitably it was going to cost something. It, it always does. Right. Buy the truth and sell it not. Right. It was going to be a call. I'm not going to do this. Go all, what's that called? Like when you're by yourself, rogue or something. Um... So I said, preacher, he said, go for it, okay? So the people that kind of fringe, I give them the courtesy of giving a he heads up what's coming. I sit them down and say, look, 
We're waging war on foolish behavior. This is kind of a rule of thumb. Everybody's welcome in the youth group, but foolish behavior is not. It's not. So your call. I don't kick anybody out. They just choose not to leave their foolish behavior behind. And so your foolish behavior is not welcome. If you're clinging, have a death grip on that, and it's not happy, but that's what we do. Um, so I sit the students down that are simple, and I say, look, I'm not going to correct the fool, but I'm going to tell you it's coming. We're waging war. I just need to know where you're going to fall on this, time, this one. And with their parents there, because I know what's going on. So begin by this. Talk to your mom. Tell your mom what's going on. And she starts talking. And I say, keep going. Well, no, that's it. But what about this? And just you see mom's head just drop. And it's, a, it's a, not one of those fun meetings to have. Okay, so this girl, Mrs. O and I, and her mom, and she are in the conference room talking. I said, you have got to decide in the next 24 hours where you're going to land with this. Just make a decision. Okay? Like eight or nine hours later, I, I think it might have been the same night, I get a call from a teenager in the youth group. Brother O, there's something that's been going on, and I respect you, I love you, and we try to handle it, like we try to help this person, but it's just gotten too big for us, and we should have come to you first, but Brother O, the so-and-so girl, she's a lesbian. Everybody in the youth group knows it. We've, we've been trying to help her through it, and I just thought, I need to come tell you this. It hangs up. Mrs. O was like, what was that, Mark? <laughs> uh, she decided which, which side she was going to be on. She, she's not a lesbian. She, she wasn't. She just called her friends and said, I'm out. She didn't cast judgment on them. She said, I'm out. I'm not doing this. I'm out. Hung up within eight hours. She's a lesbian. Everybody knows it. Everybody's talking about it. Valiant for the truth. She judged herself and said, mm -mm, I'm going to step out of this. And you should have seen the vitriol, the turning against her. Can you imagine if that was you? I mean, and, and convincing and influential people in the youth group started. I mean, so influential that adults are calling me, guess what? You should know this. No, no. Like, this is the amount of influence that they have. And she just said, no, I'm, I'm done. Do you, valiant for the truth. What did she do that was so spectacular? She just said, you know what? I'm going to separate from this person. Amen. And she's living a wonderful life. College age, every one of those people that she separated from are just a wreck, just an absolute wreck. But what, it, what did it take? It took a moment of judging. She exercised judgment in her own life. Do that. Once again, I'm convinced that if there were no restraints, if there were no laws, I mean, the scripture says, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for the sinner, for the unholy and for the profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, manslayers. Listen to me, if, if it was legal, there would be murders like crazy. No, I, I, I mean it, like, like, Mur the only thing restraining some people is just because it's against the law. Proof? Abortion. Oh, it's allowed? <laughs> Sick! But the people don't judge themselves. There is no Holy Spirit guiding them like there is for you. There is no reverence for the Word of God. There is no desire to be valiant for the truth. And to live something out in their own lives. Oh, it's not against the law. I'm going to go for it. 
My friends, that is not you. As a Christian, as a young person that wants to do something, something for God, something bigger than yourself, finding out what your purpose is, what God created you for, and living that out, you said, I'm going to be practicing, exercising judgment. It's how you think. It's how you think. But listen, okay, moving on to number three. You know what the third one is, right? What is it? Righteousness, righteousness. Um, I did enjoy playing sports as a teenager. I got hurt a lot, all the time. There, I, and there's a sports doctor in my town that I saw him like multiple times a week. I was always hanging out with him. And, <laughs> and he was talking to me about just athletes. Um, Performance Paradigm is kind of the, the, the clinic that he runs. It's for athletes. And he's talking to me. He's like, Mark, sometimes these guys come in here and they're just massive beasts. They're just huge men. And I'm like, okay, I want you to clap above your heads. And they're like, I can't. My muscles are too big. <laughs> he's like, okay, I want you to scratch your shoulder. Uh-uh, I can't. Muscles are in the way. And he's like, they put all of their effort and energy on muscle building and none of it on agility. He said just like as far as bodybuilding, yeah, they achieve something. As far as athletics go, you kind of need a little bit of agility, yes? You got to be able to at least scratch your shoulder. <laughs> Let's throw you a ball. <laughs> throw it. Throw it to one hand or the other because they're not coming together. <laughs> hit me right. Hit me right over here. <laughs> I, will, I will squeeze it between my bicep and my fist. I caught it right there. <laughs> like, I feel like it's like a, that sometimes Christians are like, okay, here we go. You're like, what are you doing? I'm exercising judgment. You're like, ooh, this is good. Like, you're really, and look, and, and honestly, like compliments, it's good for you to walk into a situation and be like, that's wrong. Oh, that's sin. Oh, I don't identify with that. I'm against, that's outstanding. Okay, but when, Critical thinking skills turns into a critical spirit is when it's not paired with righteousness. What are you doing over here? Uh -huh. This is my strength and righteousness right here. This is judgment. <laughs> like, bro, there's something wrong with you. Like, you're gonna be a real lopsided individual. So many Christians, like, you got this judgment thing down. I mean it, you are good. And I compliment you for that, but exercise some righteousness. I, judgment is, is how you think. You're, you're processing this very well. But truth wasn't meant to be just like, my arm is getting really tired right now. Hang on. <laughs> truth wasn't meant to be just this banner that you wave. I know it's right and you're wrong. I right and you're wrong. Guess how influential you're going to be doing that. No one wants to be around that. That's just annoying. It's not like this database you compile. Look at all the truth I have. Look how it's stacking up in huge stacks. Look at my truth. No one wants that. Truth is meant to be acted, lived out. This is where righteousness comes in. You look at something, you say, that's wrong. Now, what are you doing to help the situation. Don't just beat people up all the time. How about bettering the person? I don't know. God, soul winning is a really easy one. Organize soul winning for, with your youth group or your Christian school where you actually get to go and try to just help people. Worldly people are going to act like worldly people. 
How about in your youth group? I, I, I suspect that most of you are from churches that are very evangelistic, meaning that there is a call for people to come to Christ. Yes, either through sowing or from the altar. And if that's the case, there should be some worldly people coming into your church. There should be, because you've invited them to come. Some lost people, some sinners, and they're going to look like and smell like, and I don't know if you feel them, but you know what I'm saying, sinners. Yeah, it is weird. That went weirdly weird really fast. Look, and for you to be sitting in a youth group, oh, wow. Huh. Scary. Yeah, scary. Great righteousness. Outstanding. You judge the situation well. Yeah, scary. God gave you this beautiful controlled environment called a youth group for you to actually like act out real ministry. And it's, it's great. It's not you by yourself and you putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. You have a youth pastor and you have a family. You have a pastor. You have this. Take advantage of that and exercise some righteousness. Do something. That is, do something. Don't just be that kid that is a number, that is an attendee. Be invested. One of my favorite verses of late is the Bible says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Not just being present in the house of the Lord, but, but planted, but invested. You have an investment where you're at. Come on, some of you just drifted. You're just, you just drifted. I, no, I mean it. Look, story time. It'll bring you back, okay? <laughs> Knocking doors. Talk to a guy named Raphael. Invited him to come to church. Got saved, got baptized. His wife got saved. Her kids got baptized. It was great. It was doing great. Raphael told me he, he mowed lawns for a living, okay? One day he says, look, Mark, I'm going to invite my daughter to church. I'm going to bring her with me. I said, Raphael, I thought your kids. She's like, no, those are my stepkids. He's like, I have a daughter. You never told me this. This beautiful little like six or seven-year-old girl. She's so precious. She comes to church. Raphael, tell me your story. What's going on? He's like, well, it's my, it's my boss's kid, okay? Now listen, I'm going to try to be as vague as possible, okay? Um, if you can connect the dots, connect them. If you can't, don't ask. Listen, he worked, he said, my main job is at a club. I'm a bouncer at a club, okay? And it, it had a, a pre-name, and it wasn't nightclub. It was a different kind of club. That's where, that's where Raphael worked. I didn't know this, okay? It's a, it's a club that specialized in sodomy. Listen, this is Raphael's life. This is where he lives. It was a contractual agreement that the owners, the two owners, the ladies that own this club, wanted to have a kid. Raphael helped facilitate that. It was contracted. Okay, it was, it was a payment, it was a negotiation, and that's his daughter. So this beautiful, precious little girl comes to church. Listen to me, can you imagine what her worldview is? How is she going to think about men? The man in her life, he was paid to have her. Okay, that's, that's it. That's her dad, not a father figure. She has two moms, she doesn't need a dad. She's raised in a home, in an environment that's sodomy which we are adamantly opposed to. Yes? We've judged righteous judgment. It's, it's sin. It's wrong. And she comes into this environment. Okay, so that was six or seven years ago. She's, she's 14, 15 years old. She walks into your youth group. She's going to embrace everything that you're not. There was a generation of people who said, I know it's right, and I'm choosing wrong. This girl is raised all wrong and she has to choose right 
And how is she going to do that if somebody doesn't exercise righteousness? This is just regular, like, life person, one of hundreds that we saw come to church, and just one of many stories of teenagers coming into the youth group. I mean, on and on and on. One girl comes to Mrs. O. Guess what? I'm so happy. I figured out something about myself this week. Okay, she's, she's sharing this good news that she discovered. You know how some people like boys and some people like girls? Well, I'm figuring out I'm the person that likes girls. Like, I just discovered this about myself. And she's so happy because it, from her school and from her home and her whole environment says that this is okay. Yeah, okay, judge righteous judgment. We're not going to be like, oh, yes, good job. You did it. Congratulations. We're, so ha- we're not so happy. I'll tell you what, though. I'm not, like, really big on, on relationships in the youth group. But one day when she came in and she said she had a boyfriend, I was like, woohoo! Yes! <laughs> Great news! Answer to prayer! To know this girl's story, to know that her mom's dead, her live, live with her grandmother, she tragically died. She just got thrown in a home with her aunt. She has no idea what her identity is, and she's trying to find it. And if someone just live righteously, and, and, and not just practice judgment, but additionally do something about it. And you have that opportunity. You have an influence that your youth worker does not have. You have opportunities that your parents don't have. And if you'll exercise righteousness, my friend, where are you heading towards? Valiance for the truth. But you're going to have to, first of all, exercise some loving kindness. Learn just how to be a nice person. One of the hardest things for me to hear is when parents come to me and be like, uh, I give them a compliment about their son or about their daughter. <laughs> you're talking about my kid? I wish he acted like that at home. <laughs> and my heart just crushes inside of me. Don't show me respect, don't obey me, and disregard your mom. Don't leave here and be like the best kid in the youth group and be just an absolute wreck at home. Take this thing home and be kind at home. Loving kindness with your mom, your dad, your household. Take it home. Valiance for the truth, my friends. It's starting right at home where you're at. And this might be one of the hardest places to practice it because you have to be consistent. It's gotta be who you are, loving kindness. And then we move on to judging, to be able to judge yourself and say, this is wrong, this is right. I'm not going to apologize for this. I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to do this unashamedly. I'm going to do this blatantly because it's the right thing, and I don't care what people think. I'm judging the situation correctly. And you judge other people's situations appropriately. I'm not going to do that. I'm out. And then exercise some righteousness. Deuce is what you do. It's what you you living out truth in your life. And it's not just enough to judge and say, I'm not going to. you got to do something about it. It's not just enough to say, hey, oh, this world, I can point out all the, go soul winning, okay? Tell people about it. It's not, oh, they are just doing the wrong thing. Why don't you do something to help the situation? Oh, you know what? I've judged myself and and my thoughts are not right. I'm going to stop thinking wrong. No, start thinking right. Start dwelling on things that are lovely and things that are pure. The Bible says if there's truth and honesty and those things that are just and pure and lovely and of good report, you do righteously. Exercising these repetitions. Okay, you want to go pro? You want to be an all-star? You want to go to the big leagues and dodgeball? 
That's great. I'm, I'm super happy for you. You want to do something for God? Outstanding. I am not going to belittle that. I'm not going to mock that at all. That's a great desire. It's not a decision. You start exercising and practicing loving kindness, judgment, righteousness. And you arrive at being valiant for the truth. Make a decision about those three things tonight, right now. Let's pray about it. Come to the altar if you'd like. Pray in your seat. But which one of those three are you the most deficient in right now? Correct it. Come to the altar if you need. Spend some time talking to your creator, your God. Don't come and say, God, I want to be valiant for the truth. You say, God, I've been unkind. I've been so stuck on myself and my problems. I've not been friendly. God, I'm not judging situations correctly. I'm allowing so much filth to just permeate God. Father, I'm, I'm critical. I need to start living out some godliness, some righteousness. The piano's going to play just to give us some time. 